So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, everyone. Uh, we have got uh, another jam-packed show here continuing our divisional breakdown series. This week, talking about the AFC South. And to do that, we have got two very special guests joining us. We have got Gabe joining us uh, in the Jaguars corner. Hello, Gabe. How are you doing? Hey yo, I, I just realized I just realized that I came on to another like fan podcast or like whatever. I'm supposed to represent the team and I didn't wear gear again. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like such a horrible fan. My wife threw up this like stupid like hat that I can push the little ears and they go flippity floppity up top. So it's really cute. And I know. I know, Jake. <laughs> as amazing as that sounds, you're just gonna have to use your words to express your fandom here tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm good, by the way. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, no, thanks for Jaguars coming on. fan to the max. <laughs> yeah, and then representing the Colts this evening, we've got Steve. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I wish that I forgot my thing and that Gabe brought his because the ears sound so much more interesting <laughs> to look at than this old shirt. But uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, excited to be on here, and, and I'll talk Colts all day. So I guess, yeah. Talk about the other teams too, but uh, yeah, excited to get into it. All right, great. And of course, with me, uh, my co host, Jake Trowbridge. Jake, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to get into this jam packed episode, an episode packed with jam here with the AFC South. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. All right, well, let's get into it then. Um, First things first, we always like to go around the room here, uh, since this is the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast, um, and ask if our guests are, are are drinking anything this evening. If so, excellent. If not, excellent as well. We don't care. But, Gabe, you want to start? I Yeah, I'd love to. I I, uh, I did read the show sheet. It was okay. painful. And I was I was reading the show. I didn't know if it was required. Every single question was required, and it said beer. And I was like, "Man, I'm so full, fat, and tired. I got to switch it up. I got to hit a cocktail." So I had to ask permission, you know, uh, from Jake to do so. So I I kind of I took I did a little, I like cocktails. I did a little uh, riff on the old fashioned. Um, I, I hate when I, I love old fashions. It's probably my favorite cocktail, but sometimes I just don't. It's just too hot and the ice melts too quickly. So I like to just uh, drink it neat, and but you have to kind of do some things differently, I feel. So that, anyway, a riff on an old fashioned. Got some nice. uh, Ra- Ra- Ramazzotti Amaro in it. Sounds like a, like the Lamborghini of liqueur, but it's not. <laughs> that does. It's like $20. <laughs> I, oh, I love that. How about you, Steve? Yeah, so uh, I've got – I don't always drink beer on a Tuesday, but when I do, I drink Gumball Head. This is from Three Ooh, Floyds Brewing. Nice choice. So that's in Munster, Indiana. I'm from Indy. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, American Wheat Ale 5.6. And since I'm an artist, I want to shout out the artist that draws this. It's uh, Rob Sire. That can art is very, mm-hmm. very dope. Love that. Yeah, they all are rad. for all the uh... – um, all those cans, they're all awesome. We get a lot of good cans. Yeah. We get a lot of that here in Wisconsin. Uh, so I am a big fan of their beers. 
I choose cans uh, of beer in the mm -hmm. aisle based on the artwork nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. So I respect a good can artwork. Mm -hmm. Got to have, gotta have a good name, too. Got to have a good yeah. name. Hopefully something clever. Yep. Um, one, of my, something... one, of my, one of my favorites that I, I stole the other day um, when I was preparing some cocktails, I said citrus got real, and I acted like it was mine. No one knew, but it was totally a beer. Totally a beer's name. <laughs> Such a good one, though. There's so many beers out, mm -hmm. though, that nobody probably registered that that was, in fact, a beer. Or if they did, it was just it went in one ear and out the other. And you got the recognition for it, I feel like. And that's mm -hmm. what's important here. It kind of hit, but they also thought it was really painful. Like, oh, man, don't <laughs> oh. ever say that again. I love that. I, th you're, they don't know what they're talking about. I love that. You need to get new friends, Gabe. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then, uh, Jake, tonight we are drinking. It's called the Hurricane Slushy. Uh, this is from 903 Brewers out of – where are these guys out of again? Sherman, they Texas. Shermer, Texas. I was yep. going to say I've had that brewery before, yeah. You really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had like a Trace Leche Stout or something. That might that be it. I don't oh. know. It's, I've, ha I've had some sort of milk stout from then that was really, really good. Dustin, we should get that next time too. We should, and really just double down on this. I know uh, this so, is. We've been hitting the sour beers a lot, Dustin. Lately. I have. Yeah, well, or sour adjacent beers. We're we're, we're okay, hitting so the summer months, sour? so it's a Berliner Weiss. Mm -hmm. It's a Berliner Weiss. Curious, yeah. Curious about that flavor. What did you say it was called? I know. It's a slushy. It's a hurricane slushy. So it's got uh, it's a Berliner Weiss um, with passion fruit, orange, and lime. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Yes. Uh, hold it up here to the camera. You can see it's. it looks like orange juice. Uh, and Jake, you'll be yeah, proud yeah, of me. Yeah. I actually read the can this time. It said, um, number two, turn the beer over once before serving to redistribute any settled fruit. So, oh, no, look, I look at do me. that. I'm going to get a fruit explosion <laughs> at the bottom of this can. Uh, and that's fine because I did bring a reserve to wash it down with. Because, Gabe, I didn't want you to be the only one drinking a cocktail, too. So Ooh. I made myself a little... Deep Eddy um, lemon vodka mixed with some soda and grapefruit. Mm -hmm. So I'll be switching on and off here. You are all over Texas tonight, big fella. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> the, the Deep I Eddie always Texas here. You know what? I am the honorary Houston Texans representative <laughs> yeah, for this yeah. podcast episode. Don't say that. You don't want to be that guy. Come on. <laughs> Somebody has to be. It's going to be me. Yeah, this is a tasty beer. I like this. This is, you can really get that passion fruit and lime in there. Oh, it is. It is like nice. It. Very, very good. So go get it. If it's mm -hmm. out in your store nearby, go track it down. Mm -hmm. uh, Dustin, do we want to move right along into our favorite segment here? Yes, let's do it. Let's get into our Drunk Trader of the Week. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Hammer, drunk. Drunk, drunk, drunk. Drunk, drunk. Drunk Trade of the Week. This week's comes from at underscore Lex Luger. I hope it's the Lex Luger, but I really don't know. Uh, he says, had some margaritas last night, whenever this was submitted. So not last night, last night, but at time of submission last night. And made an unnecessary deal in my Dynasty League. Which side y'all like better? This is a 1QB, no tight end premium Dynasty PPR League. So here's what happened. Sent away George Kittle and DeAndre Swift. Received Najee Harris. Kyle Pitts, and a 2023 first-round pick. So not a tight end premium, but two tight ends in the mix here. Gentlemen, 
What do we think about this? Is it, I mean, this, I just want to say, looks like a pretty okay drunk trade from what we typically come across here. But Gabe, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this trade? I mean, is it is it okay to say anything against Kyle Pitts online or on Twitter at this point? I don't, I don't think <laughs> I don't you're know. allowed to. I think that's against the know. rules. No, nonetheless, I don't, I don't really mind the trade. I mean, um, I, I think there are certainly a couple of question marks between Kittle and Swift, I guess, that people have pointed out here and there. And, and if it's some sort of rebuild, y- you have some pieces there. And, and the 2023 first, that, that running back class is supposed to be pretty stacked. So I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. We've got one for no mind. Dukes, do you mind? Do you not mind? Uh, I don't mind it at all. Um, it, it really works for a, a rebuilding or a, a competing team. And you got basically each side gets two premium players is how I look at it. You could argue that Kittle is better than Pitts right now. Uh, that could change quickly, though. Um, and then Swift, you know, he might be dealing with a tough coaching situation again, at least uh, in the short term. And then uh, I like what Gabe said about that class. To, uh, 2023 is a, a good class. Uh, John Robinson and all those guys we talked about. So, uh, yeah, don't mind it at all. Yeah, I don't mind Justin. it overall. The one thing that I question is the the team that is giving up Najee, Pitts, and a 23 first. I mean, Najee and Pitts are both early first-round picks most likely Pitts may be in the middle of the first, even in a one QB league. So this team was already probably in a rebuild mode unless they made some really good trades um, early on to get those, those future picks. Uh, so, I mean, if, if the team giving those, those two players up is in a rebuild, I don't understand getting Kittle and Swift, unless you just love those two players that much more. Um, but overall, it's a fairly even trade. I feel like. Yeah, I, I think the margaritas could have steered him much worse uh, into some more dangerous territory than what he, he came out with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like it. Look, all of the fresh optimism of youth that you're getting back from Najee, even though I don't personally love Najee's situation like some do this year. And Pitts is going to be the best tight end in the last three millennia. So you're probably walking out of this thing ahead regardless. Uh, and the 2023 first could be anything, Dustin. It could even be a boat. It like, could. You know, like, who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really don't hate this one, Lex. If you are the Lex Luger, by the way, I would love an autograph. And if not, I would still take one. <laughs> no way. I think he does Margs, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what does Lex Luger do? <laughs> He's probably more of like a vermouth, straight up kind of guy. <laughs> and drink. Try it, please. <laughs> That's Lexi's decision. Mm-hmm. That That is not for me to say. Uh, all right, Dustin, before we get into the meat here, I do just want to take a moment to let the folks know this week's episode is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. Look, you go over to monkeyknifefight.com. You sign up. You, you place money on an over or an under or a series of over-unders, and then maybe you win more money. That's as simple as I can make it. They have a gaggle of sports. It's a wonderful website. And if you sign up using promo code DTFF, they will match your initial deposit up to $50. Go to monkeynightbites.com. All right. Thank you, Jake, for that. So let's get into this here because uh, I'm really excited to – talk about this division and get your guys' uh, thoughts on it. So 
We're going to start with what is probably the worst team in the division and probably one of the worst teams in the NFL at this point. Let's be honest. We'll start with the Houston Texans. They somehow finished four and 12 last season, uh, third in the division. So, uh, we'll go through quickly here, just their, uh, losses and additions via free agency and then what they did in the draft. And then we'll just kind of, uh, toss it around from there. So they lost in the off season here. Will Fuller, Darren Fells, A.J. McCarron, I don't know if that does anything for you guys, and Duke Johnson. Um, and they brought in a whole slew of of who's who's of, of mediocre players. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, Andre Roberts, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Jeff Driscoll, Farrell Brown, Chris Connolly, Chris Moore. They like the Chris's. Can I stop <laughs> for one second? Can I ask? Because, you know, we always put these as notable losses, notable it's... additions in the show sheet. And I just know I want to ask. I want to check with our guests here. Out of the names listed, could you give me a number that you would put as true notable additions for the Houston Texans? Whatever that means to you. I think Dukes, that they, what were you just, think? they were just trying to go get every receiver with the last letter C to start his name. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they accomplished it. Mm-hmm. Now, are any of those C names, uh, that sounded weird, any of those C names relevant for you? Um, one that's been there. <laughs> Not so, so of the uh, of the added of the added players, or um, because yeah, of I the mean, added guys, yeah. Uh, Conley might be the four, but. That's not going to be very relevant for fantasy, so no, I'm not interested. <laughs> Gabe, how many are actually notable for you? As far as additions? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> that about sums it up. I, I, I think I think I could say I think I could say one and a half, but Perfect. that's that's adding up three halves together. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Dustin, sorry. I just really wanted to get a gauge on that. Yeah. I, no, that's fine. I appreciate that. So, And then in the draft, uh, they drafted their could-be QB of the future here uh, with Davis Mills in the third. Uh, wide receiver Nico Collins, another C wide receiver there uh, in the third. And then a tight end, Brevin Jordan, in the fifth. So let's start off the conversation here about uh, the quarterback situation since this is probably the biggest looming decision that that will affect the team who will be the QB if Deshaun can't start and how many games will it be before Tyrod Taylor gets injured <laughs> I, I think that answers it right there <laughs> I, I they I mean they better hope it's not Davis Mills it, like at any point in the first half of the season that's that dude's just gonna get completely obliterated but um I, I hope it's Deshaun I, I mean for for the Texans sake I guess and uh, or I hope he can leave if he wants to leave. I don't know. But, yeah, it'll be Tyrod. It'll be Tyrod as long as they can get him healthy, like you said, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've got Tyrod starting the season, and then I think they're just going to – not they blame it on him, I don't know, but they'll probably just want to get a look at Mills. So probably second half of the season, I can see that uh, being a thing. Mills' season might come underway. In the second half. Yeah. So so I I feel like we're all in agreement here that Watson is not going to play at all this season, regardless of of how the situation shakes out. Yeah, between the relationship with the franchise and just what's going on other than that, you know, uh, no, I don't see it happening. 
It's weird. I don't know. I'm I'm certainly no legal expert. I don't, I don't even play one on TV, but I could see a world still just based off recent history where maybe somehow he ends up starting, but it's you're looking at like a 10% shot at it, maybe. And so I wouldn't bank on it. And, that, and then it's just gross for the entire offense because mm-hmm. there's no genre. And so Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be something for somebody, but who? I don't know. And then Any you- guesses as to who would thrive? Oh, sorry, Dustin. Oh, Go I was I was going to say, um, assuming he doesn't play this season and that that's all he's suspended or put on the commissioner's exempt list, however they're going to do it. Do you think he comes back to the Texans then the following year or do you think they take that opportunity to trade him and get whatever they can get? Yeah, I think he's probably played his last game in, in Houston, I, I would think. Um, just looking from the outside in as far as that relationship solely. Um, n- cannot speak on the, the legal thing at all because I just don't <laughs> understand that. Uh, but, uh, Jake, I think you should, I think you should try to go for the, the legal, um, approach on, on some sort of bit on Twitter. I feel like you could do that. Um, so get that's the, get, a good get question. The, get the right lighting down and just like slam on the table, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what, what they do in Every legal <laughs> advice commercial I've seen in the commercial breaks of prices right has something exactly like that. So I feel like I can use that as my model. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. Um, wait, that that idea was so good. I, what was the question again? <laughs> I got so distracted. I, I, I saw what you were seeing. Yeah, the question was, uh, will Deshaun uh, be traded or is he going to stick with Houston? Right, right. Um I haven't even thought much about this just because I, I agree that the situation is just so rocky there that I couldn't see him actually being on the field for them again. But um, they're going to be the closest to the situation. They might find a window where public knowledge is that he could become available to play in 2022, and then maybe they have a different feeling. Maybe they think that's a sell window. I mean, there might be a time they decide to trade him. That's all I'm really trying to say. Um, they control the situation and they they've clearly added a couple quarterbacks that they think can hold them over while it all goes goes how it goes so yeah. do you want to say they just cut ryan finley so i feel like that gives us some hope <laughs> you know <laughs> finley's out AJ McCarroll. pretty big just saying i've still been drafting him in best ball i've still been drafting deshaun watson in best ball late what? extra late but okay. mm-hmm. yeah that's not a bad idea no i was I gonna mean, ask and, what uh, round are you getting him in I was going to say that, I mean, the most recent knowledge I have, it would be in the eliminators that, that John Bosch is running. And those are obviously insane and crazy and wild. And, and it's super flex. So the QBs kind of, uh, a lot of the QBs are going to go in the top 50. But uh, I mean, he's going past that probably fifth, sixth, seventh round. So, I mean, um, you're, you're talking outside of the uh, top 100 potentially, which in super flex, I mean, is... It's saying it's saying something as to what people think mm-hmm. about what mm-hmm. what will what will happen with him, and and it's not a bad risk to take, uh, you know, outside of the top one hundred for potentially your second QB or third QB or whatever that case is in a best ball. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So let's move on here to the uh, running back situation since they have the who's who of mediocre uh, running backs there as well. Uh, with uh, David Johnson leading the pack and then bringing in Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. So who do you guys think is going to end up being the lead back in that situation? And 
Who do you want to have on your team for fantasy just this season? Dukes, we'll start with you. All right. Uh, so I would say that David Johnson is the back to own still, uh, but I could see it being kind of like a Lindsay is the is the named starter situation, and then uh, Mark Ingram kind of subs in on early downs with him. But I think that uh, Johnson is still the best receiving back there. So for fa- fantasy purposes, David Johnson is the one to own. Um, but yeah, it's just. I wouldn't go for any of them if their ADP is too high because who knows? It's just kind of a muddle and a bad offense. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Gabe, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm just hoping that for my one dynasty team where I have my, I think my starting running back is Philip Lindsay. Uh, we're going to hope that it's Philip <laughs> Lindsay, but, but, but realistically, I, I don't, this is a mess. I mean, you, you're just going to, I think that Philip Lindsay will be on the field. I don't know, just as much as the other guys. Cause like, I mean, Mark Ingram was playing, sharing the backfield in, in Baltimore forever and in New Orleans forever. So that's kind of what his role is. David Johnson kind of does, does a similar, uh, does a similar role. So, I mean, it's nice that they can have this uh, balance of different backs, I suppose. And I think if if one maybe goes down, I guess you never hope for that. Then maybe there's some value there. And but that that would require Tyrod be Tyrod uh, to to be a little uh, fantasy successful for us too. But it's just gross, man. I don't know. Stay away. It's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. I was so bummed. I was hoping that That's David gross. Johnson would just be the guy there and they wouldn't add anybody of even semi-relevance. Because like, oh, because nobody's still going to want him. But I'll be able to get him as like a volume play later on in drafts. So and now I don't even feel really comfortable doing that. My only Never. hope is that David Johnson, at least though, he's the pass catcher of that trio, which is kind of still gross. Like so, if somebody's gonna get targets, I think it's gonna be David Johnson, and they're gonna have to throw it somewhere. So maybe I can still find a spot for him on my roster as like my RB five. You know, yeah. If he's going out. super late, I'll take a shot on David Johnson because he could get receiving and goal line work. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe there's a little gas left on that tank there where he could um, flash a little bit. Not not likely, but you never know. Um, and Jake, speaking of, uh, receiving work here, uh, who outside of Brandon cooks here, and this will be the last Houston Texans question here. We can just move on from this grossness. Uh, uh, why, why are we spending so much time on the Texans? <laughs> <laughs> because nobody's here to stick up for them. And, and, you know, we have to ask these tough questions, even though it, it's really gross. So outside of cooks, cause we know he's going to be guaranteed for a thousand yards regardless. Cause that's all he ever does. Um, which wide receiver is going to be fantasy viable? If any. God, you guys need a rundown of the names again. <laughs> that's we it. can do that. We can tell you all of <laughs> And they have like 10 tight ends on their team too, right? That we're all still holding out hope for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Kahale warring season. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I like Nico Collins too, but like it's just it's just not going to be the year for him with with what they've got going on. Ah man, yeah. 
So Brandon no, Cooks are no. bust. Just Brandon Cooks. Just Brandon Cooks. Fair just enough. Bran- <laughs> it, it, you can draft Brandon Cooks from this team, and that's all you can do. Let's go to the next team. Come on. All right. All right. We, we can do that. Really? All right. We'll move on. Really? No, Justin, Justin, we're Packers homers. I have to call out. Randall Cobb is still on the team. If Randall Cobb is there in the re- last round yeah. of your draft, just take yeah. him. Just take him. He's He's been there. He actually knows the system and can maybe get some passes. All For right. dynasty purposes, I also I really like Collins. I was drafting him in drafts before the NFL draft, and I hated the landing spot so much. And then uh, Kute is also rosterable in dynasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many names. I know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We'll we'll talk about something better here. And Steve, we'll Woo! give you the opportunity to talk about your Indianapolis Colts here uh, in a moment. So they finished second in the division uh, at eleven and five. And they lost Jacoby Brissett, backup quarterback. And then, to be determined yet, uh, Trey Burton. Uh, they haven't re-signed him, but he isn't technically, he's kind of in this free agent limbo right, right now. And then they brought in Carson Wentz in, in the big trade. And then re-signed T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, uh, brought them back. And then for the draft, uh, of note, in the fourth, they, they drafted a tight end, Kylan Granson. Uh, QB, Sam Ellinger. I hope I'm saying that right, Sam, because uh, he listens yep. to the podcast um, in the sixth <laughs> round. And then wide receiver in the seventh, uh, Mike Stretchen. So take it away, Steve, with your Colts. How are you feeling about your team? All right. So this offseason, I, I mostly the way I liked the offseason, how it went was the draft, uh, the way that we got two dominant defensive players. But I know this is a fantasy podcast. So um, Carson Wentz reuniting with Frank Reich was a big story of the offseason for the Colts, and I love it. I think when I heard uh, when I heard Wentz talking with Pat McAfee on his show, he was really loose and just kind of saying how he feels comfortable with Reich. They kind of have a very similar mindset, and uh, he's also a country kind of guy, and Indiana is just about that. I can tell you because I live there. So uh, he'll be just fine in that environment. It's not Philly. They're not going to eat you alive. They're, I mean, they did boo when Andrew Luck retired. It was it was just emotional. <laughs> it was just emotional. I don't blame them. Um, but they didn't throw batteries at him, and so that is a step up. Mm-hmm. That is it is a step up. So <laughs> we'll 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 say yeah. Probably won't deal with that problem as much. And then I thought bringing uh, Ty back was huge. He's still my guy. I think. He's a thousand yard receiver if he stays healthy. Uh, and, oh, and I wow. like the fit with Wentz because he is great at finding the open area of the field, and Wentz is going to move around a lot more than the guys that have been playing here recently. So, um, yeah, TY could be a, a big uh, steal in fantasy. And then uh, Marlon Mack re signing him. I don't think they plan to, actually, because. I I heard Ballard was surprised that nobody signed him, and so that's why he's back. And then that kind of alludes to how I feel about JT as well. As far as the draft picks, I really like Kylan Granson, and they've been talking about him uh, in regard to Trey Burton. They say a more uh, explosive Trey Burton. Ooh. Hey, him as, and uh, I've heard him compared to uh, – now I'm drawing the blank. Um, Kyle Pitts. You can just say it. He's, he's basically <laughs> Kyle Pitts. No, it was um, – uh, the uh, Re- uh, Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed, oh, oh. Washington tight end, yeah. So hopefully with less concussions. Sure. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. But as a player, if if that's who he is, mm-hmm. then that would be a, oh, that'd be awesome. Pick. Yeah. 
Yeah. So with Carson, Carson Wentz reuniting here, do we do you see him returning to form? Uh, maybe not quite the MVP level that he was at, you know, a few years ago, but uh, certainly not expecting him to be the dumpster fire that he was this last season, I would think. I mean, he's got a much better offensive line, better off of offensive weapons all around. Um, I can't really see him playing worse. Right, yeah. I think just the comfortability with Reich and the protection is the main thing, obviously. Um, I don't have him winning MVP. But he could win another award. I think comeback player of the year could be in the cards for him. Saquon is obviously another candidate there. But uh, if Wentz has a really good season, like I expect him to, I wrote down here 30 touchdowns, uh, 3,300 yards, eight interceptions. So 30 touchdowns would be second in his career. The yards would be like fourth. But uh, that would be a good year, definitely numbers-wise. And he's put up great numbers in his career. So I think it's all possible for sure in Indy. That'd be a great mm-hmm. number for interceptions. If he only hits eight, I would feel very comfortable. <laughs> I was, I was modest that there. I definitely could have. That's the Colts fan up. in you. <laughs> hey, and that's okay hey, on this show. You be, un- <laughs> be unabashedly in favor of zero interceptions. Um, I do want to say, you know, Philip Rivers, of course, was there last year. I remember about this time last year, Dustin, I was like, oh, watch for the fireworks in Indianapolis because Philip Rivers is going to have a top 10 quarterback season. I don't think I went that far, but I was really excited because he was behind the O-line that was going to like save Mm -hmm. the world basically. And it didn't save him, but do we, so what's the realistic range for a Carson Wentz finish here? And I think you're getting him pretty cheap in, in drafts still, but like, are we talking quarterback one level top 12 finish? Probably the end of that tier, I think, right on the the one or two. But where you're getting him, I think you're probably getting him as a value. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know you um, talked about Marlon Mack a little bit. And, and yeah, I thought it was odd he didn't go anywhere else either. I, I wonder if teams were just scared of him being back to his form with that Achilles injury. Um, do you see him hindering JT at all? Uh, or eating into this backfield? I mean, how do you see this backfield kind of shaking out? Because JT really came on the second half of the season, uh, much to our delight, uh, uh, being Badger fans here in Wisconsin. Um, and then we saw Naheem Hines, you know, have his big games with the receiving work. Um, how does Marlon Mack kind of fit into this backfield then? Well, um, to answer one question, I think, and I love JT, the work ethic and just the intelligence, like his his character overall, he's just an awesome guy. And I think that the Colts obviously love him too. That's why they were willing to let Mac walk if he got a, a big contract somewhere, but that didn't happen. He's a great player, and I think that the Achilles, it's just that word Achilles is so um, scary for a football player. But uh, he's working back right now. They say he's ahead of uh, schedule. So if he's playing this year, then uh, I still expect Taylor to be locked into his workload just because he's a phenomenal player. My dynasty running back one because of that tier of running backs, he's the youngest. So plus I just love the guy. Uh, he, he gets a lot of yards for my team and touchdowns. So I feel like that's not even a hot take these days. I, I think people are coming around to the Jonathan Taylor, maybe not one overall, but very close to it. For dynasty rankings and, and good because he, <laughs> he deserves to be up at that echelon. Now, I need an unbiased take here real quick. Gabe, if you have to draft Marlon Mack 
or any of the Houston Texans wide receivers not named Brandon Cooks? Who do you take in that situation? <laughs> uh, this season, probably Conley. And, I mean, Dynasty is easily going to be Nico Collins. But <clears throat> Conley's not bad. I like Conley. Former Jaguar. Hey, oh, there you oh, go. Okay. I, thought, makes sense. I, I was hoping that you were going <laughs> to. Yeah. All right. I was hoping I that you were going to. Excuse me. Former chief. Former chief. Okay. There you go. That sound better? I was hoping that you were going to ask for my unbiased opinion on Jonathan Taylor so that I could like sneak by as like a non unbiased, whatever Jonathan Taylor stan. Cause I don't, I don't know if Duke's really got it like me for Jonathan Taylor, man. I mean, when you said 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns for Wentz, I wasn't thinking Wentz. I was thinking Jonathan Taylor, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man, it. I'm so ready. And you got you know, you I hope, I think five passing pick. touchdowns to add on that. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Never as far know. as the over, overall RB1, like that's fine to have him right now because that could literally happen next year. That's kind of a, a natural progression for th- that type of running back with, with his first year and his age and all kind of culminating together. That's entirely fine. It, it might not happen now, but it's okay to project those types of things for for the future you know so i'm with it jt all the way mm-hmm. i hate the yeah. jaguars and, and just because of again just who he is again that's why i like him so much because i know he's going to develop more mm-hmm. the pass and, catching i think was everybody's big concern when he stepped in it was like oh well he can't catch a ball so he's certainly never done that before and then like they just shoved aside all the game tape of him actually catching these great passes but like he's already shown that he can do it and then now, of course, this offseason, I know it's just hype videos, but like they're out there and he's yeah. catching good, pretty the good wheel, routes and good I passes. I think it was the wheel route that got Twitter all yeah. aboard the <laughs> Dynasty mm-hmm. number one train. Not to mention his senior season. He he specifically wanted to add that to his resume because mm-hmm. he only had, what, under 10 or so in his first couple. And then he got 20-some in his senior season. Like, yeah, no, I, I can catch <laughs> the football. Like, it ain't nothing to me. So I'm, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm and like, that's just always a function of the Wisconsin offense. They never throw to their yeah, running back. So right. it's right. All right. Um, and then let's talk about the wide receivers a little bit. I know you talked about uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, is Pittman going to take the next step this year? And is it finally going to be Paris Campbell season? I've been waiting on this guy to bust out um, for the last couple seasons now, and it hasn't happened. So I really hope you say yes. So I think the answer to that is kind of one answer. And I've always loved Paris Campbell. I watched him. My dad is an Ohio State fan. He's from Columbus. He was born in their Columbus hospital on campus. So he's been – he grew up thinking he was going to play for them. In high school, he got all mad because he didn't start because he thought he was supposed to start for Ohio State. Uh, So he he quit after his freshman year or something. But, um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Put your dad on blast on the podcast. <laughs> no, my dad, he loves football so much. He's that, actually, he, was a good, he was a good player, actually. But, uh, yeah, he had a huge head. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we were talking about uh, the wide receivers. So Campbell is a really good player from what I saw just watching him at Ohio State. It's just he just had so many problems um, staying on the field. If he does, so – I also like Pittman and the way the coaching staff talks about him. So it's going to be kind of a balance there, I think. If they're both healthy, people will stop saying we need Julio, and that's not going to happen. 
um, just because I know how Ballard thinks. So stop saying Julio to the Colts. I think <laughs> there's been a couple tweets now since that stop people saying that. He's down to what? Two teams now? or I don't Titans know. and Patriots, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the latest, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Colts receivers, yeah. Love them both as players. Okay. Good. I'm I'm excited for the Paris Campbell breakout mm-hmm. to put an Eiffel Tower in my pants. High five, Dustin, for that great joke. Come on, that was a great Whoa. joke. That was God. <laughs> so I can the world for seventy-two hours. Uh, uh, any any final thoughts on your Colts here before we move on? Yeah. Uh, so I'll stand. I think they win the division. I think that. <clears throat> <clears throat> they, they've improved the most among every team in the division. Yes, I know that you think, Gabe, that the Jaguars improved the most, but not yet. They will get there. But um, <laughs> the Colts are ready to make a, a playoff run. Last year, people forget, with Rivers, we were challenging the Bills for a chance at the AFC Championship. So it was a close game. Uh, we're right there. And then if Wentz can be the player he once was, then – uh, yeah, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be, uh, you know, we've been improving, so why not just keep being positive about the Colts? So that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. As you should, by the way. This is your time to shine uh, and, and project the moon before we move on to somebody else who is going to project further than the moon, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's move on here. We will um, let Gabe talk for a while here and his jaguars here finished the division fourth at one and 15 not to rub salt in that wound but someone's got to finish fourth every year in their division so um they lost this season keelan cole mike glennon and chris Connolly. uh to be determined yet not re-signed but tyler eifert chris thompson and dd westbrook they brought in carlos hyde jamal agnew marvin jones cj bethard and philip dorsett I know those aren't very exciting, but this is where things really get exciting. I know the perennially underrated Marvin Jones. I know, but this is where things really get exciting is the draft. Uh, We have the first overall pick, the second coming himself, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, surprise pick in the first round. I feel like uh, for a lot of people, Travis Etienne, and then fifth round tight end Luke Farrell and, Lastly, in the sixth round, Jalen Camp. So, Gabe, why don't you take it away and give us your thoughts about your Jaguars and um, how you see this team is uh, progressing here? I was I was just ready to talk about the Colts for hours. I think they. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I kind of like Michael Pittman. Uh, as far as a Paris pun, where where are my damn croissants? Like, come on. <laughs> Colts is where it's at for fantasy. Um, Trey, Trey Burton, maybe he doesn't need to be a tight end. Maybe he just needs to tweet about like <laughs> all the positive things that he says about Jonathan Taylor because I like that a whole lot more than how he plays tight end, I think. <laughs> anyway, the Jaguars. This is what I'm here for, I suppose. Um, man, what a what a ride it's been. Uh <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting, man. The uh, the Urban Meyer hiring, um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, and it's not exactly predictable, of course. But there's there's a lot of positivity gaining around it, and and I think I think the most positive thing that can come from it is really just Trevor Lawrence. And I don't think that I don't even know if like Urban Meyer can necessarily like ruin Trevor Lawrence. Like that's that's how good that I think 
that he is. And, and, and I think the only thing that could be ruined is, is with the offensive line. And I, w- uh, alluding to what you said, Dustin, a very surprising pick with Travis Etienne in the first round, hated it. Not that I hate ETN. I just don't want to draft a running back in the first round as, as a football franchise. I just don't think that's worth it. We, I mean, we just saw our boy JT go in the second round and he's a god. So, um, we could have just done that or something. But anyway, here we are. And I, uh, I, I would have rather had a, either a offensive tackle there or a cornerback. And then that, um, early second round pick that was cornerback. I, I mean, Tevin Jenkins was there. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, no. I know, man, I'm just, I was frustrated after Trevor Lawrence, for sure. I, I'm glad they addressed a little bit of the offensive line, the defensive, the picks themselves were okay. So I don't know. There, there are positive things around it, but it's just like a whole lot of, I don't know. And I, I'm bummed that Josh Oliver is gone tight end and we'll, you know, we'll see what, what's up with Farrell. And I was kind of hyped for Eifert and then that thing kind of, so now we're stuck with like, oh, shag Hennessy again. <laughs> All right. Um, so it's just so much. I don't know, man. There's so much. I don't know. And why do you draft a running back in the first round when you literally struck gold with James Robinson? Undrafted free agent running backs just don't hit like that. They just don't hit like that analytically through the tape, whatever you want to assess, however you want to assess it, it just doesn't happen. And so to spend that draft capital on a, on a first round running back is just absolutely bonkers to me. And, and it's almost as if they, they drafted this team to like win now. And I think there is a potential for them to like flirt. I, I, I forgot what their over under was at last I checked, but I think it was even after the draft still at like five ish which is, I think they could get over that. But the way that they drafted, it appears like they were going for some some sort of win-now mentality. You know, with Marvin Jones there, definitely aging, but a great uh, wide receiver to have as a a complement in a winning team. I still love Shark. I I still love Chenault. But, like, they look to be built like a win-now team, and they're just not. (laughs) So I'm I'm confident in, in Trevor Lawrence, but... I don't know. There's a lot of I don't know still. Are you sure you want to stick with the assessment that they are not a win-now team now that Tim Tebow <laughs> is on the squad? Are I you know. Sure I you buried the lead stay? there. <laughs> you're, you're too nice to put him in the additions, <laughs> but we have to talk about it. Do we, though? I mean, we don't really, but I'm going to push for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I named all these tight ends, and then I, I somehow didn't mention Josh Oliver left, and that's that's a real bummer. But you get to just have him slide right into that role. Obviously, uh, no, the aging thing is really interesting um, with the Marvin Jones because I do love Marvin Jones, Dustin. I think mm-hmm. we both do. I think yep. we're both oh, big yeah. fans of of him. But yeah, going to that team, it's like. Well, I mean, he's got to go somewhere, and he's certainly got to go and get paid, so do what you got to do. Uh, but So you have no preconceptions about, like, this is our year. We're going to go to the playoffs. Like, do you see playoffs in the reasonable range of outcomes? Not this year, no. I, I don't. Um, I, but again, I think the way that they built it, they're hoping for some sort of, like, seven and nine sort of like wild card approach to a season. And, but I, I, I just like Trevor Lawrence. Like 
I I don't even know what to do fantasy wise. I don't know what to do with ETN and James Robinson. That's really difficult. And then talking about the whole wide receiver crap. And that sounds like a lot of coach talk to me. I would, if you are interested in ETN as a player, I would be trying to acquire him off of that dip, the supposed dip that might be happening. But I also think at the same time that they are going to use both running backs as they should. Um, James Robinson had a great season and, and they, they can absolutely utilize both of them. So um, it, I think it was a, definitely a bummer landing spot for ETN. But if you are interested in him, I think, yeah, now would be the time to buy. And, and Shark all the way up. Shark all the way Ooh. up. Shark Tales? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that was going to be one of my uh, questions for you um, for both Redraft, because we do focus on Redraft here um, in season on our podcast, uh, but also Talk Dynasty as well. We do a little of both. So my question was going to be, would you rather have Shark or Visca uh, for both Redraft and for Dynasty purposes? Shark for both. Pretty Pretty easily for me. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I, I like Chanel, but there's, I mean, just, just coming into the NFL, there, there are a, a lot of injury. There's a lot of injury background that, that he has to, to prove still, I think. And, and just, I'm not sure we've seen what all that he can do yet. I, I think he certainly could be a one B. I'm not sure if it's ready yet for that, for that, uh, um, for that type of development that they're looking for, but I think this year it's safe to say it's still shark and and because I mean shark it's not like sharks like aging by any means and I know it's weird that the Jaguars have this like perennial thing of like a different wide receiver is a wide receiver one on that team like dating back from Allen Robinson and and Keelan Cole and Marquise Lee and (laughs) D.D. Westbrook and now it's shark and everyone hated shark too I wasn't even a huge fan of shark and I was completely wrong on that assessment too. But, um, so may, may, it could be a com- like, if you, if you like want to believe in, uh, uh, superstitions, then Chanel's your dude. But I, I think <laughs> talent the, wise, the, Marvin, Shark, Jones Shark year, then. <laughs> yeah, Marvin Jones here, <laughs> Marvin Jones here by default, I think, yeah. uh, with that bit, I, Dukes, are you on the same page with, uh, Chanel versus Ch- shark? Is there anybody, is there one of them that you'd prefer in dynasty? Let's say for right now, let's say at cost. So I just want to say, it, this offense as a whole, I'm, I actually am a little more op- optimistic overall in Gabe. Um, Urban Meyer is a really creative offensive mind. I think maybe that's one thing he'll get right. I'm not sure how he's going to handle all the other head coaching duties in the NFL. But they've got some really good players here now. You, we were talking about three great wide receivers. Um, well, I don't know if we're ready to call um, – I don't know if we're ready to call uh, Visca great yet. He, he, he's, he's shown flashes. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Chark is, is still the one. Uh, Marvin Jones, though, might, because of his veteran presence, I could see um, Lawrence just wanting to lean on him. I don't know. That's a possibility. But then also Visca maybe is like a, a big physical underneath threat, and Lawrence likes that because he's a rookie. It's so hard for me to project. Uh, I'm not – familiar enough with the situation or, or uh, you know, nobody really is. It's all new. right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I tough mean, to assess. I mean, yeah. And as far as tight ends go, uh, Luke Farrell, the rookie from Ohio State, Urban brought him in, knowing a lot about him. So you have to think that he beats out Tebow at least. 
I was going to ask, can I can I do this one real quick here? Dustin, fair is fair. Duke's completely non-biased opinion here. If you had to take Tim Tebow versus any of the tight ends currently on the Houston Texans roster, who would you choose? <laughs> for fantasy? Yep, for fantasy, just for this year. Would you take a shot on one of the Houston T's, or would you let Tebow grace your squad? Um. Maybe Brevin Jordan can be something. I don't think so, but it might be worth putting him on the end of the bench rather than uh, Urban Meyer. If he tries some stuff with Tebow, he's got to give up on it pretty quick. I think. One would hope, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't know if I can say that with any assurance. I don't know. Then again, we might all be underestimating Tebow. <laughs> oh, we've done it before. <laughs> Yeah, and I know, um, Gabe, you kind of touched on that backfield a little bit, but how do you, I mean, any feel for how it's really going to to shake out this year? I know that um, Urban has said that, you know, Robinson, Etienne, Hyde are all going to be involved. Uh, I know Carlos Hyde, he's been, I'll use serviceable in in quotes, in the past. Um, He always just seems to stick around to eat into other running backs' uh, production, unfortunately. Um, and like you said, Robinson was just outstanding last year. So how how, how do you really see in this three-headed monster uh, that Urban wants uh, shaking out? Best case scenario, you get, you know, Ingram Kamara, you know, that, that type of setup. And, and I, I think everyone try to, tries to make that comp, and <laughs> that is not that <laughs> realistic. <laughs> that doesn't happen very Pretty often where, where, you, mm-hmm. where you get to – top 12 running backs or even two top 24 running backs that's that's extremely rare you know chubb i think chubb and hunt are are the the most recent um or or you could even ingram's always on these teams ingram and uh edwards too gus edwards man um so i don't know um i i keep saying i don't know and and that's completely unfair as like a as a as a fan or as an analyst or a fanalist or whatever you want to whatever you want to say but no but it's um, true and it it comes from the heart your i don't know so i think that's that's fine i i it's all going to come down like if we're talking redraft i I have no idea where these running backs are going as as far as redraft i would i would think that they're going to fall a little bit further just considering the situation probably both outside of the top 24 or maybe close to it so if if you are at a point where you have, you know, you, you went tight end heavy, you went three wide receivers, four wide receivers, and then ETN or James Robinson is sitting there and you feel better about one or the other, I think you could swing on one for a zero RB type of approach and, and hope for the best type of thing. And, and I don't hate that because I think there is production there and there is that whatever ceiling potential for a one of them to be, or both of them be top 24 running backs. Considering the offense that we're in with Urban Meyer, you know, absolutely doesn't, or uh, sorry, Dukes, I believe you were saying that about Urban Meyer, um, that he's a great offensive mind and he's going to make that work with, with the running backs that he's got. And I, I think they've got a good balance between Robinson and ETN from like a football standpoint. I'm still just like, like Dare could have been Travis Etienne, but like, <laughs> yes, he yeah, could have been. Like, you're thinking of it could have been uh, an offensive lineman. I, I believe, yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, there was somebody <laughs> slipping in the draft, but and then yeah, defensive. <laughs> I mean, Quidi Pay, Quidi yeah. Pay. Uh, well, he went after that, but there were several other defensive players. So I understand what you what you meant with the with the pick value wise. But yeah, that offense, I do like. 
Mm-hmm. And then one last question here: Will Marvin Jones have value in redraft this year? Can will will you be able to lean on him on a consistent basis, or is he a good lean like flex fill in? Lean on me. <laughs> oh, that keep going. That was nice. Get the licensing <laughs> for the lyrics. Or so yeah. you I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah. You know. I'm Thanks for not making us pay. Yeah, for yeah. That. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe the lyrics are "Lean on me when you got to the." That took away my soul boner. You, you say. <laughs> right yeah, Eiffel Tower gone. All right. Um, so I. I actually, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's possible. Shark had, had his injuries last year too. I mean, and Chanel, you you know that that's a possibility with, with the uh, lower body injuries that he's had in the past or just general injuries in the past. So, um, yeah, I, I don't hate it. And I, in redraft, I'm certainly probably not drafting him, no. Um, I, and late, late um, round dynasty stash or acquisition it for third, fourth round pick or whatever, like I think he – I still have him on some dynasty rosters. Like he could become fantasy relevant if uh, one of those guys goes down. So, all right, uh, yeah. Any any final thoughts about your Jags here before we we finish off the division? Uh, <clears throat> uh, oh yeah. Um, I only care about Trevor Lawrence really, as far as like the as a fan being excited about the franchise. So I'll say. Do law. Oh, oh <laughs> look at that. That was nice. That was they nice. They should make the shirts. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> they're coming on the way. The open good. bar. Yeah. Good. good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They're not, they're not coming. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. If you want to work with me, my DMs are open. Hey. Oh, here we go. Oh. Duke's, Duke's Law. I love law. it. Duke's Law. Duke's law. All right. Uh, this is a good shirt, man. Look at us making connections on this podcast. <laughs> All right, and then we will uh, round out the division here. Let's uh, steamroll through these sons of bitches, yeah. these dastardly, <laughs> disgusting titans. That's right. They finished right. first in the division at 11-5. and five. Uh, Lost some players this year, and I feel like they didn't really do much to replace them. So uh, they lost Adam Humphreys, uh, Jonu Smith, and Corey Davis. Um, have a bunch of who's who of their uh, 7,000 tight ends on their team that they haven't re-signed yet. Um, I won't go through those. And then they brought in Josh Reynolds and Brian Hill and then drafted Des Fitzpatrick, wide receiver, in the fourth round and Racy McMath in the sixth round. That's a real name, gentlemen. That is a real name, by the mm-hmm. way. I have to call that out. Special. It reminds me of like the back of the uh, kids' meal sometimes would have some puzzles. Yeah, I mean it. It does, it does sound like a McDonald's uh, character. He goes. Cartoon he goes with the Hamburglar yeah. and and yeah. Ronald McDonald. It's Racy McMath. To get my nuggets, you must tell me what seven plus nine equals. Like, oh, yeah. McMath, you got me again. I don't get it. Race nugget. me around the track. <laughs> How many laps? Uh, McDonald's. Uh, if you're listening, um, you can you can all pay us equally for that uh, genius idea there. Free marketing. God. And apologies so to Racy McMath's mother for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I want to start off with how will the loss of Corey Davis and Janu affect this offense? I, I, I think it's big kind of really. I mean, th- those were safety nets for, for Ryan Tannehill. Um, 
dump off season, you know, b- between Janu and, and Corey Davis. Janu was injured a little bit, but I feel like Corey Davis kind of replaced Janu Smith for his notable, <laughs> finally his notable, uh, do you have a wide receiver two season or at least uh, close to it? Close so to like 30. And uh, and Humphreys is, is fine for, you know, just a, a NFL player, I think. So that's, that's huge. Like their, their second, third, and fourth targets are gone. Which is wild. It's it's great, hopefully for AJ Brown, but it it's wild to lose that type of depth that at your wide receiver core. Because Derrick Henry, <laughs> I mean, he can, but may, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Four thousand yard Derrick Henry Julio. rushing mm-hmm. season coming. Julio. Oh, he's got the JT numbers. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Do we think it's realistic that I mean the teams are down to the Patriots and Titans for Julio? Do we think it makes sense? I know it's all speculation, but does it make sense if Julio steps in there tomorrow, the the trade goes through June 1st, probably, when it actually goes through? Like, are you excited still about A.J. Brown if somebody like Julio is there? Are you still fully yes. up on A.J. Brown? Okay. Yes. Oh, Calvin, absolutely. Calvin yeah. Ridley. Mm-hmm. But um, A.J. So Brown's better. <laughs> I was I was kind of excited that Josh Reynolds almost made it. Well, he's, he's, he's till now, he has made it. Through the draft, I mean, Des Fitzpatrick, you know, whatever, but Josh Reynolds, talk about fantasy off-seasons for all fantasy off-seasons. He gets away from that crowded Rams wide receiver room that became more crowded, and lo and behold, here he is. It's A.J. Brown, and then what? No tight ends. I mean, Kirkser, which I just realized he's now, I realize he's not signed yet. I'm they sure have to sign him. Yeah, yeah, they've got to. They will. Uh, and, and he, yeah, he'll be more of a receiver than a blocker. But I was going to say that's also another way that Gabe didn't mention that that loss of John is going to affect the team. He's a great run blocker. Mm-hmm. So Perks are at a nice little Maybe Henry 3,500 yards mm-hmm. would be more modest. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right, I'll concede. I'll take that. Yeah, but Ferkser, you're right, Gabe. He did have a good little season there when Janu just disappeared because I don't know. I don't know why. We were so frustrated. Dustin, especially, you're so frustrated. I, I still don't want to talk about it. He started off so good. Jado is like the tight end two or something for the first six, seven weeks of the season and then just full full turd mode from there on out uh, to close out the season. But then Ferkser came through like a little little turdy diamond popping out of that that mess. And so, yeah, Josh Reynolds is still there and obviously going to get a lot of targets. But then Ferkser is still there, presumably, and probably going to get a lot of targets. Can I ask what everybody thinks about Ryan Tannehill then, if this is what this depth chart looks like do we have the same high hopes for Tannehill I've been avoiding him in drafts he's going way too high I don't <laughs> I don't understand no thanks <laughs> Fair yeah so at uh 101 chalk of the undroppables has been telling us for a long time Faye Tannehill it's going downhill from here we we've had a great Tannehill for too long and I think I'm starting to see that he might be right now that uh, the elite Corey Davis is gone, because he did finally have a good season last year. But yeah, that's I'm nervous as well. Like I finally mm-hmm. got to the point where I feel comfortable ranking Baker Mayfield over Ryan Tannehill, and that took some some internal navigation. That took some soul searching to get to <laughs> that strength. But I I think I'm there now. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I just with the loss of those uh, receiving options and then just Henry not, not being a receiving option out of the backfield. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's a, that's a, a tough hill to overcome there. Um, and speaking of Henry, 
is this going to be the year he hits the cliff? I mean, we've, we've expected uh, for a couple years here at least, oh, he can't keep up with this. Uh, we all know he, he is a ginormous freak of nature um, that can't be stopped and just loves to stiff-arm people straight into the ground. Um, but he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down yet. So could this be the year he finally hits that cliff? Or, or do we expect Henry just to keep doing what Henry does and, and uh, bulldozing people all over the field? I mean, it, it better be a cliff if, if people are like really fading him because 2,000 yards, I mean, <laughs> to, to, for it to be a cliff, you would have to like go below 1,000 yards and that's like your RB24 or something, you know? So like, I mean, you, you can have a 1,200 yard season and he's probably still going to get so much of the goal line work. So if you believe in the Titans ability to produce and to score and possibly win this division, apparently not Dukes because the, uh, the Colts are, you know, godly in, in some way, shape or form with, with Carson Wentz. He couldn't, he couldn't even, he couldn't even beat Mo Alley Cox in, in uh, what was that game called? Lightning. Do you see that? Knockout. knockout. Yeah. Oh, knockout. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's your quarterback. That's your, That's your quarterback. <laughs> hey, Mo Alley Cox played basketball. I know. You know he did. VCU I know. That's true. I know. I want to see a Mo Alley Cox versus. You played four or five. I, I want to see Mo Alley Cox versus Jimmy Graham in that knockout competition. That's what I By see. the way, talking about former basketball players, did yeah. you guys know that Jimmy Graham used to play basketball? Huh? Is that my breaking news to you guys? Tight end knockout. Come on. Right. We need it. We need it for football. <laughs> so uh, uh, I don't care about y'all 40 yard, 40 yard dash races. Give me tight end knockout. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pull this back to answer the Derrick Henry question. I just was looking this up. They did draft Dylan Radunes out of North Dakota State. And I, I remember liking him, liking what I saw from him. So uh, I guess there's some help along the offensive line. Uh, as far as a player, I don't see him just suddenly falling off. So. Um, John, the Johnu thing is is gonna hurt a little just because he's so good at getting sealing the outside, and that's what Henry does so well is going right off tackle. So um, breaking ninety nine yarders that yeah, way. The, 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 yeah, the the offense overall won't be quite as good. So maybe he has a a, a half a step back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't finish top five where he's probably being drafted, but. If, if like I said, even if he's like still within the top 12, 15, I don't think you necessarily lost. Like you would probably have to have some sort of unfortunate injury for him to not finish outside of the top 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention Darrington Evans. There's your receiving sure. back, Darrington Evans. Yeah. Not, not redraft, really. Uh, but maybe if you want to handcuff Henry with your last pick, maybe. Yeah. Any, yeah. any reasons why he wasn't really involved last year? Uh, injury, other, yeah, he was injury, out. yeah, rookie. I don't know, a little bit of all that, I suppose. He was a third round pick, though, and I, mm-hmm. I remember liking him. So, uh, you never know. Definitely a little dynasty stash, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Slot working coming mm-hmm. for Darian and Evans. He's going to be the true wide receiver too on that team when everything yep. is said and done. Yep. So basically, it's uh, AJ Brown, and that's about it on, on this team. He's going to score um, so many points. About Josh hot, Reynolds. He's going to have and like 190 Reynolds. targets this season. I do like Josh Reynolds? I mean, also true. Yes, also 190 <laughs> targets for AJ Brown. Lock in AJ Brown as an easy top five wide receiver, mm-hmm. potentially the overall number one. That dude. Woo! Yep. Mm-hmm. He is my number Man. one dynasty at least. Yeah. 
There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so <laughs> A.J. Brown versus Kevin Ridley. If Hooli leaves, still A.J. Brown number one? Mm-hmm. Oh, even if he okay. I still got, I so got even if AJ Julio's, Brown, I got AJ Brown above Ridley if if Julio still comes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair it, enough. I think it just helps open up the deep part of the mm-hmm. field more. Yep, absolutely. I dig it. Any final thoughts here about the Texans or Texans Titans? Sorry, let's go back and talk about the Texans, <laughs> Mario. Guys, there's so much left on the table that we didn't get to yet, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. We didn't talk about Pharaoh Brown. Yeah. It's true. We haven't yet. I've I've been waiting to get this take out. We never really dug into what it means Pop for them to lose Duke Johnson yet. So if we could spend we about twenty about, full minutes on that, we didn't talk about Jeff Driscoll. Mm. That's true. Mm. That's true. Dump truck. He's, he is. He is. He could be in that QB mix. That's what's funny about that. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Gross. Well, I think as a Jaguars fan, I have to say that um, the Titans can eat as much mayonnaise as they want this season. <laughs> That's like a thing. It's a weird thing. I don't know. Look, I don't know. It's a thing. It was a thing on Reddit in, in um, Jaguars subreddit and Titans subreddit. There's some sort of beef. There is a beef, Dukes. I know we say we don't beef in the AFC South, but somewhat, somewhere, I don't know, between the Jaguars and the Titans and that the Titans eat mayo. They eat literal mayonnaise, like jars of mayonnaise. So en- enjoy your jars of mayonnaise this this season, Titans. <laughs> I think in a in a small way, the whole division beefs with just the Titans. Yeah. Like th- I refer to <laughs> sure. Reggie Wayne's speech during the draft. Uh, I think it was 2019, where he was basically he basically just said uh, here in Nashville, where the Colts have won. I don't know. It was like seven out of the last eight, something like that, in the Nashville draft. <laughs> Nice. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> love me some Reggie. All right. Well, I think that pretty well uh, ties it off into a nice little bow here. Uh, before we get out of here, um, I want want each of you to just let us know where we can find you, what you're doing out there. And then also tell us how the division is going to play out, first to worst. All right. So, Dukes, let's start with you. All right, so I'm designer for Undroppables. Go to undroppables.com, subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, that crew is putting out great content all the time. It doesn't stop, and I have to make designs for it. It's, it's constant. It's annoying. It's constant, but it's awesome. <laughs> Check it out. And uh, I'm doing some design work on the side. If you want to get something done, shoot me a DM. And, and uh, yeah, that's uh, about it. At Fantasy Dukes, get at me. All right. We know your number one is going to be the Colts, of course, because you already made that oh. abundantly clear. But yeah, the two, three, three, and four, how's the rest of that going to shake out? I forgot part two of the question. Uh, so, yeah, Colts, uh, we will go. Titans are still the other team in the division that, that are legit contenders, at least playoff contenders. Um, and then I will give the Jaguars the upgrade from four to three, and then it's going to – Finish in the basement of all basements. It's the Texans organization. <laughs> do they do the? Te- can we have a bonus question here, Dustin? Do the Texans get one win this year? Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> I, it's hard to <laughs> lose them Jesus, all. That's the most I mean, grudging <laughs> one win answer I've ever heard in my life. But okay, perfect. I mean, they could it's be the first zero and seventeen team, so that would be something. Oh, that would be magic. Okay. All right, Gabe. How about you? Their over under is set at four and a half right now. Take it under. Take that under. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
That's a dirty under. That's the that's the <laughs> lowest under in the league, and you're still saying under. You're so comfortable with that. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, may as well look at the Colts. Colts are at at ten, and the uh, Titans are at nine. Look, the Colts are the favorites. They are giving some respect to Wentz. I'm not stressed. And the Jaguars are six point five. My bad. Not not at five, but that seems that seems close. Yeah, six point five is about right. Um. Anyway, I am none other than FF Man Bun. Uh, you can find me in about 45 minutes if you're watching the live show, ish, excuse me, uh, on the open bar, 9.30 Eastern-ish, with the homie J-Mike. Don't follow me. Follow the homie at uh, J-Mike Check. All right? Uh, we'll be there. That's where you'll find us. And... Um, whew, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like your ranking system. I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to agree with you. I feel like that would be rude as like a division showdown. Like you have to like swap two out just yeah. out of spite. You know, I feel like there's only like, yeah, really two you could spite. swap. Though. Logic is out the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate being a fan because like <laughs> logic kind of goes out the door when you become a fan of, of some sort of team. You know, it's just for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you know, bias basically. But anyway. Um, I, you know what, you know what, <laughs> the Colts are finishing third, Jaguars oh. second, Titans first, but the Jaguars are getting into that uh, AFC wild card spot only Ooh. because it expanded to however many teams it expanded. Yeah. Is it seven? seven. What, I think twenty eight teams now. Yeah, I think I think just the bottom. I think the Texans don't get in, and then everyone else gets in. I think, I think that's how it works. Um, just for a hot take, Dukes. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. For whatever reason. But yeah. As long as after all three get in, the Colts advance furthest, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> all three of us into the playoffs. There we go. All right. That sounds terrific. And Jake, where can folks find you? I'm just roaming around. I'm at Jake Trowbridge. That's my name. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. <laughs>